Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. Uh, today I have two of my team with me. I've got Kimberly and Lynn. Do you guys, because I don't think people will know unless you're already on AF Mentors who you guys are. So if you want to just give like a brief overview of who you are and what you do. Go ahead, Kimberly, you start. Thank Hello, I'm Kimberly. Um, so I am, I guess, by trade, a virtual assistant. Um, I work with Emma on her business, um, and we, um, I was obviously part of AFM at the beginning in May, um, and we've. I think it would seen be it fair grow. to say we run AFM together. <laughs> okay, I'll, yeah, I'll say that. I like yeah. that. We run AFM together. <laughs> and Lynn, go ahead. Um, so I'm one of Amelia's coaches on ETPHD coaching and obviously you and Amelia are, um, you're kind of comrades, pals, yeah. friends. We uh, one. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're one whole person. Um, so when the opportunity came up for accountability calls, Amelia obviously recommended me and you were like, yeah, okay. So I am here. Yeah. She was like, Lynn's good for the top love. She's like, she'll be really good at that. And I was like, hmm, great. So I guess we'll, we'll start with something that we've added to AFM recently is accountability calls. It was, I, it was something that I thought was missing, um, just that personal one-to-one touch and the ability to speak one-to-one about your business, because a lot of the fundamentals of business are the same, much like with, um, I don't know if you've got fat loss clients, like a lot of the fundamentals are the same, but anyone who is a coach will know that the real magic is in like speaking to the individual one-to-one and getting to know them and supporting them through their various struggles in a specific situation. So that's kind of what we want to do from a business perspective. Now, you guys have now done like almost a month of accountability calls, so you've done a fair amount. So I thought we would go through the main things that have been coming up, but start with kind of like what accountability calls are. And I think one thing that people miss like as much as AFM is about growing your business the fundamental part of that is you as a person given that you're a coach like given that you're a self-employed coach like you are your business essentially and from feedback from you guys I've seen that like a lot of the calls have essentially been around the person right a happy healthy business owner creates a thriving business and I don't think you can create a thriving business without that nor do I think the thriving business is important if you don't have that foundation anyway it's much like I'm going to always use fat loss examples because that's what most coaches can resonate with but it's much like being like oh yeah you got in photo shoot uh shape but you sacrificed your relationship with food your job your relationship with your partner and yeah you're in great shape but does it matter if you feel like shit no so like doing it right from the start and making sure that you know you want to achieve these goals but you also want to feel your best doing that and I think it seems to me that that's come up quite a lot in the calls. I would agree. I will also, I will start by saying, I, I don't know how many calls I've done now, quite a few. Um, and what I will say is that everybody has turned up with, they've, they've prepped, they know what they want to talk about. They've come with questions. They've kind of done the, the business review. They've done the worksheets. Nobody's turned up and kind of been mm. like, pe- people care, like genuinely people care and it makes the calls so much easier when you're talking to somebody that wants to be here that wants to do it that wants a better business and wants to see improvements um and so I think from kind of just from starting it all that part's amazing I also think credit to yourself Emma and obviously we've seen a massive shift in the past month five six weeks that nobody and I would bet my house on Lynn saying the same thing that nobody has shown up and been like I want to make x amount of money like I haven't had I've had a few financial conversations in the sense of pricing and structures but nobody has kind of turned up with right I want to make 10k a month whatever it is it's all been about this is the value that I want to offer and that's that feels like it's in the right place now and it feels it feels good it's exactly what we wanted to create and like two things we've touched on there I think and and you'll know this from like both a coaching perspective and from like a business mentoring perspective no course will work for you if you don't do the work like if you turn up to these calls or if you like sign up to mentoring but 
you never log into Mighty Networks and you never go through the course and you never turn up to lives, you never answer questions, you never ask questions and you turn up to your calls like having done absolutely no prep, you will get nothing from it. Much like if you pay for a fat loss program and then you never do any of it, you're not going to lose any fat. Like it, you have to do the work, but we're here to support that. And I love hearing that everyone is so much more about the impact they can have, which will have financial gains to it but it's all about the impact and the financial gains is almost like a byproduct of that did you find that as well Lynn? Yeah I did and as Kimberly said they're all so prepared and so passionate about their message and what they want to deliver and giving the best to all their clients I really found that with everyone I spoke to and as Kimberly said anything that was to do with finances was but I don't really want to increase my prices like I don't think I should like, why would they pay that for me when they could pay similar for someone else in the industry? And a lot of what I've been reiterating to them is like, know your worth and know that what you're giving them is, it's so valuable. Like, and it's, they're doing this for themselves and they see the value in you. So you need to see that value in yourself and know the value in yourself. And that came up with a couple of people this week that were so like wanting to give the absolute best that they could and a huge service and so many ways of contacting them and so much value for each client that they sign up but then they did not want like not even a pound they were like no no, no. I'm like let's just keep it really low and I was like no you need to value yourself so much more than that and I think that works on both sides right if you make something ridiculously cheap to the extent that like you're one of the cheapest in the industry people kind of don't respect potentially your advice as much and also purely the impact. And we see this on AFM, like I am now investing in my business. And then you show up as a business owner because you're like, I'm investing in this. I'm doing my business review. I'm doing this. I'm paying something monthly. That gives you accountability. If this was all free, people probably wouldn't show up to the calls as well prepared. And it's kind of similar. Like if you're like, yeah, well, you know, my online coaching works out at 20 pound a month. So if I don't check in this week, 20 quid if you've invested a little bit more than that actually your clients get better results as well not only that but as a coach you show up better and you don't resent it as much and and like as much as I I see this from two sides and I've worked so I I used to work on a program called grenade fit and we got paid like 15 pounds for eight weeks to coach clients for eight weeks right so not very much money but I couldn't like sleep at night knowing that someone would be like oh yeah I had Emma as my coach and she didn't really reply to my check-ins or like she just put like one word responses which to be fair for eight weeks of coach for 15 pounds over an eight-week coaching period would be quite legit but it's knowing your reputation your reputation as well like your reputation is more worth more than that and like the long-term gain of that um but yeah on the flip side I think like for most of our for most of our um what do you call it mentees I don't like that most of our coaches it's it it's that they're undercharging and they need to start charging their worth and that will make you show up better as a coach but it will also make your clients be more invested and, and get better results for themselves agreed all right what else came up um should I go with one of mine I I feel like I want to jump ahead but I'm not I'm going to go in in order um one thing I will say and most people have this I will there's only a few people that don't but we've talked a lot and obviously Sophia talked about it a lot having a really strong why gives you the focus for is it's almost kind of all well and good being like I want to be a coach I want to be a PT let's be honest I've never been one but it doesn't look like the easiest job in the world if you just wanted to earn loads of money you could probably do something else easier that doesn't take up all of your time like your post you put up earlier but if you've got a really strong why and it can be you know, we can't tell you what your why is it can be whatever you want it to be or whatever it is just gives you that connection to this is why I'm doing it for these people and this is why I'm doing it and this is how I'm going to do it for these people and it's there are a, maybe a, a few people that maybe kind of st- maybe they know it but they didn't want to share it or they're kind of struggling to get back there and I guess it's the people that kind of showed up and said this is my business this is exactly why I do it you can kind of see almost it just it just drives the passion which kind of helps everything 
cut, not necessarily fall into place, but it's easier to navigate where you want to go if you constantly know the reason why you're doing it. I think it takes the pressure off little things as well. And also like little failures or even big failures. If you know really why you're doing it in the end game, you're like, I am passionate about that. And that's my overarching view. Like it doesn't matter if say like the AFM business for me failed. I'd be like, right, okay, like that, that hurts. But going forward, I still know what my overarching why is and I'll find a different route to get there. Instead of thinking, well, that's failed. I need to start something completely different. It's like, no, that that didn't work. I can work, I can learn from it and I can adjust things, but I still had this direction and this focus. And I think it is a hard thing. And I think most, like no one will know if it was the first time you'd kind of heard about that, the first time you thought about your values, you won't just be like, oh, it's this. It takes a bit of work. It, it probably takes quite a lot of journaling and it takes going over these things and you'll probably end up on your accountability calls going over that every single time because it's going to change as well like my why when I started in the industry isn't the same why I have now because you grow and you evolve my values aren't the same either um was that something you found as well then yeah and something I actually recommended to a few was what you would do with like someone that comes to you and says I want to lose weight and I know you said this before asking yourself why like three times five times seven times until you get to the bottom line of why you want to do it and like I want to help people like that's great but why well I want them to be healthier why I want them to live like be happy in their life why like a really questioning why you're doing it until you have no nothing else left to say and it'll come down to that that final bit and that's exactly why you want to do it and knowing that and being able to portray that to potential clients and to everyone you're speaking to and as Kimberly said being confident in this is my business and this is why I'm doing it. And I know exactly why I'm doing it because I now have this, this root of a conclusion drawn to why I'm doing it. It really helps to get their message across and kind of align more with their business and be more invested in it because they have that definitive, I'm doing this for this reason. Yeah, and I think the why for some people can be quite vague and I want to make people happier, healthier, fitter, stronger, whatever. But the how, like, is more applicable to that individual like it might be like okay but I do that via helping busy mums realize that they don't need to give up all of their time to exercise or helping people who feel like they need to train twice a day have better life balance and become less neurotic around their food choices like that's the more like specific part of it but but if you are someone who's like I'm kind of struggling with that that's totally normal and if anything is kind of a good thing because you're taking it seriously and you're actually thinking about it and you're like oh I did I haven't actually fully figured that out yet but still write stuff down and come back to it and iterate on it and be like okay now I've maybe changed that part maybe I'd, I'd look at this in a different way and as you grow as a coach as well especially if you're quite new like we've got quite a lot of newer coaches and then they're maybe like I don't really know what my niche is going to be and that's fine like you have to start somewhere but you'll write something and, and then just come back to it and keep playing with it and keep like as you grow as a coach that that why will become clearer to you I agree I think leads very nicely on to the next point of niche and who um because I think I think there are some people that I guess the coaches that are a bit more experienced they kind of know their niche they know who they attract they know who they like working with and it's it feels quite easy for for those people I think um there was quite a lot of conversations around well firstly who do you want to work with like you've got to you've got to show up you've got to like the, you know the audience that you choose to engage with um but then I and I and I have kind of said to people although it doesn't have to be you know, the most specific niche of you know Kimberly 33 in the Philippines eats hula hoops um it can be you know, this kind of person that I, that I kind of gravitate towards and that I want to help. But I think there's, um, and I've kind of challenged a few people to write in December, write their content towards this group of people, whatever that can be. And, and you might get 10 posts down and be like, Do you know what, I don't know enough about who these people are and what they want. And that's absolutely fine. You can, you can change it and be like, actually, it's, I guess, writing might, make things come up and you realize I know these people I can talk about you know like all my content is about calories and finance because it's like oh well I, I get those two things so it's kind of finding that way in but I also think it's it can be quite closely linked with your access 
and really finding out, okay, well, if, you're, if your niche is, you know, 50 plus menopausal women, they might not be hanging out on Instagram. They might be on LinkedIn. Have you got the confidence to be a health and fitness post about women going through the menopause on LinkedIn? Hopefully, yes, because you'll really stand out and make an impact. But I think it's kind of knowing who you want to work with and then it, the answer isn't always going to be Instagram as to where they're going to come from and kind of working on that. And I think that's kind of your who and your where they are is is being quite a tough one, I think, for some people. I, I, look at Yeah, thinking outside the box a little bit as well. Like it might not even be online. It might be that you can make contacts in other ways. And realistically, you don't need, like, I think there's always this idea that you need like thousands and thousands of followers. Like if you had a really good contact and you managed to get, a group of 50 women or you had access to a group of 50 women and and like even half of them or like even 10 of them signed up like it's a really freaking good place to start and then I've noticed you said this later in your notes but once you have those 10 then they've got friends they've got testimonials you've got experience and it does start to snowball so it's not you don't need to start with like huge huge numbers and I think a lot of people get a bit demotivated because they're like oh it took me maybe like two months to get three clients okay but it doesn't mean it's going to take you four months to get six clients that isn't how it works and you get better and better I think with the who another way to look at it instead of trying to like be very definitive about your niches in like Kimberly likes hula hoops is this age drives this car blah 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 it's more like what problem do they face and speak about the problem because then people will resonate with that problem. It doesn't matter if they're 50 or they're 30 or they're 20 or they live in the Philippines or not. Like you're identifying the problem and you're, you're talking about the problem. It's so much easier to write content on the problem as opposed yeah. to like on the person or to the person. Like you don't need to have in your content trying to randomly fit in hula hoops because you know that most of your clients have hula hoops. Like, that doesn't need to be in there like at most you might have little things like that as like I don't know side memes or something but they don't yeah they're, they're not the fundamental so focusing on like what are the problems that most of my clients um face and I think that comes back to the why as well because and, and I always think about because uh Alicia has an amazing who and why mm -hmm. and she you know with women who are looking to go through IVF and it's like it's so specific it's so like perfect, you know, the exact problems that they're going through. And you might not have that, but it's a good example of like, that woman could be at, you know, any age and be going through IVF for any reason, but it's the, like that they're facing the same problems. And so she's talking about yeah. the problems that they're facing. And I think that's like, that's a, and, and an amazing why as well, because you're obviously so passionate about it. Yeah. What have you found in regards to that? Like people talking about their niche, has that been? Yeah, it's been a big thing with kind of new people. Um, and I, something that really came up with them was finding their their who, like knowing why they want to do it and knowing what way they want to do it, but finding the who. And a lot of people had said that their following on Instagram or Facebook is like friends or peers or family, people in their local area. So how would they find potential clients? Um, I kind of recommend it to them to ensure that they are like kind of showing up as themselves, putting out their personality, but also collaborating with other people, other friends, other people in the industry, like word of word of mouth works so well. And if you're like, you pop up on Amelia's page every day for lives, you know, like I would pop up on someone else's page. Kimberly could pop up on someone else's page. So like Amelia's following will see you. They'll then have a look at your page because most people do because they want to see who these people are, what they're about. And that's how you get buy in from people. And if you're showing up as like your actual self, showing your personality off um, coming across as the person you are and the kind of coach you are, as well as delivering your message, being able to show what your service is, what you do, who you're looking to help is going to help bring those people in. And it, it is, as you said, it is more difficult to get the first few clients initially, but then it does get easier. And it might feel like you're working really hard to get to your who or to find your who, but it does get easier after a while. And it is worth kind of putting that time and that kind of slog into getting, showing up on other people's pages, getting people to share your stuff, you know, sharing their stuff, engaging in conversations and being willing to like open your DMs to questions and like engaging in conversation with people, I suppose. 
Yeah, I think another thing is if you've got a following that's mostly like your old school mates or your friends at the moment, and let's say like just flicking this out of the air, but they're all your age and you're, I don't know, like mid twenties to 30, but you want to work with menopause or women, for example, like still putting content out about that problem. Like everyone has a mum. Well, not everyone, that's unfortunate. But most, you know, most people have someone that they know that's going through the menopause and, and even asking people like, you know, if this is a problem that you know someone who you love is struggling with, please just send them this post. Please just share this with them. And like, it doesn't have to be direct. And a really good example of this, which I can only half remember, I think, I hope it comes out, is I don't know, if, I don't know the Kardashians, right? Shocking, <laughs> I know. But it was one of them started like a baby range. I don't know which one, right? One of them started a baby range and, and everyone was like, that will never work because her audience is like 16 year olds. And I mean, <laughs> Some 16 year olds are having kids, but most 16 year olds aren't having kids, but they all knew someone who might be having a kid. So like the fact that she had such a big reach anyway, like, oh yeah, well I'll buy that for my friend or I'll buy that for my mom or I'll buy that for my auntie or whatever. So it was still like a multi-million pound industry and or dollar, whatever. But the point is it doesn't have to be exactly direct and just kind of taking a bit of perspective and thinking outside the box with these things. like it's so easy to fall into the trap of, oh, well, it has to be Instagram. It has to be posts like this. It has to be generic, blah, blah, blah. Like you're right. If you do that, you you have a shit ton of competition because everybody's doing that. Everybody's doing the same thing. If you can be a little bit different or if you can find a different way of approaching things, or if you can see some of the flaws in, in that, which is that a lot of people might see a post that they're like, oh yeah, that's really useful, but don't really engage in it. And the engagement is so much more important than your following. Mm-hmm. And like, I've noticed that with AFM, like it has a, the Instagram page has a relatively small following, but it's very engaged. And sometimes I get more likes on a post in that than I do on my other page, which has like, I don't know, 2000 followers on AFM compared to like almost 60 on ESG. But, but the point is they're more engaged because they literally only come for that. And yeah. I know that like everyone on that page is in some way interested in mentoring, which is a way more valuable following than some which might be following me for other reasons that have nothing to, they never want to be coached by me, for example. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about the numbers, it's about like how interested they are in your actual product. And having like a 2000 following, like that's more than enough people to build a huge business. Like you don't need huge, huge followings and, and you need much less than that as well. But that's just an example. I actually said that to someone, um, sorry, Kimberly, uh, on a call this week on an accountability call because they were saying like, oh, I don't have like many following. My page is only new. And I was like, well, if you're getting engagement with people and getting questions on a question box and people are having conversations in your DMs, they clearly know what you're about. They're sticking around for what you're talking about. They're interested in what you're saying. They're going to buy into you and your service rather than you being someone with hundreds of thousands of followers promoting a lip gloss or whatever it might be and then them buying it and not having a clue which you see all the time people buy into what these people are influencing and pushing and then being like well, I haven't got a clue what it is but I saw Kimberly talking about it so I decided that that six pack of hula hoops was exactly what I needed in my life but I don't like hula hoops but I just bought it because you're talking about it do you know what I mean it's better to have people that actually know what you're about what you're doing and as you said with AFM like they're there for a specific reason so they're here because what you're putting out resonates with them. They understand it and they've bought into you as, a, as a, a business and as a person rather than you just selling something for the sake of selling it and people having no idea what it's about or, oh, sorry, I didn't actually know what this was when I signed up for it. I just did anyway. Or even just the fact that, you know, on a small following, they can message you. They can say, this is the problem I'm having and you're going to message back and you're probably going to give them a bit of time. If you're trying to message james smith about a specific problem you have he's going to be like sign up to the mental sign up to the academy or whatever like you'll never speak to him so one of the advantages of being like a smaller business is that that's real one-to-one coaching like they're going to get your time your effort and they're probably going to get a, a more bespoke and personal service than they would from someone who has a much larger following the only thing that you're missing that and rightly or wrongly this is just the way it is 
people give more like authority or like initial respects to someone with a larger following. That doesn't mean that you can only develop respect or authority from a larger following and things like testimonials and like social proof and like you're saying, collaborating with others, that can all build social proof as well. So you don't need the big following for it, but it's just something to be aware of. You're like, okay, well, if I'm not getting it from here, how can I build a bit of social proof? Can I put up some, some things that my clients have been saying? And it, I think that works especially well. And they tend not to get that many likes, which is why I think people don't put them up that often. They're like, you know, like I know that you guys do them like things our clients say. And I don't actually think those posts do particularly well in terms of if you're looking at likes or even engagement, but I'm willing to bet that someone who's on the fence, who sees that every week and is like, oh, oh God, that's like, that is exactly me. Like, that's what you want is someone to read that and be like, that's what I used to feel like. I used to feel like I couldn't enjoy Christmas dinner. And now she's like this, this year, she feels completely different. Like that's how I want to feel next year. That like, that's what you want. And it doesn't matter if it gets five likes or not. So don't always think about like, just, well, you know, but selfies get more likes, right? But selfies don't grow businesses. Um, I was just going to say, just, <laughs> just um, super quickly on the content, side of things is um don't be a couple of people have kind of asked is don't like have a content schedule and it's absolutely fine to repeat stuff like repeat the same messages if you look at like emma's instagram it's it's the same messages because the same values so it's it's not like oh i said that three weeks ago because you'll have gained new followers somebody might be in a different headspace somebody will read it in a different way so it's absolutely fine to keep not just posting the exact same thing, but you know, have your kind of things that you want to talk about. And the other thing I would say, and I've done this for a few people, is if you're really, really struggling with engagement on your posts, give yourself a really critical review. Like try it or get me to read them or get somebody to read them. Um, because sometimes I think when you're writing and you think, oh, this, I really want to write about this point and I want to open with a question. Oh, and this is really interesting and I'm going to do this. And, and it's just overwhelming. And there's so much going on that I guess our attention spans are about 1.7 seconds on an Instagram post. And it's, if you, if it's not ridiculously engaging, it's really difficult to kind of, for somebody to keep reading and know which part to comment on kind of a single call to action. If you're putting one on to go for it, but it's, it's just kind of keeping it quite simple because some people's posts have got like five days worth of content on there. And it's like, well, you've made a whole week's worth of content, split those out and you know, you've know you saved yourself a load of time, but it's just trying to get, and I guess it just, as I think we've said before, it just comes with time and just doing it over and over again and writing and knowing who you're talking to. Um, but just if, you're, if you are really, really struggling with any kind of engagement on your posts, I think go back and do a really, critical review of of what you've actually written kind of when if I go back and look at posts from a couple of weeks ago you think oh that was, that was awkward why did I write that so just kind of do a bit of I guess reflection on what you've done last month and how it could be improved I think that's a great idea and I think that potentially it's something good to do in masterminds if you can and, and also you, you realize you're asking for critical feedback so take critical feedback and really you want someone to be like this bit wasn't so good. You're not looking for someone to be like, I think your page is great. That doesn't really help you at all. So you have to have like a little bit of thick skin, but I think you're completely right. And I do this loads as well. Like I'm like, oh, this is such a fascinating topic. And like, oh, that kind of links to this and blah, blah, blah. And then I'll read it over and I'll be like, I need to cut out. Like I normally write something and I cut out about 60% of it and then I'll post it. And even then it could be shorter. Like I think short, sharp, snappy stuff for the majority of the time is really useful. Um, and then you might do a longer one about a certain topic or something that realistically is probably gonna get less likes and engagement, but it might really like engage someone or it might actually be really useful in some way. Um, but I think mostly keeping them short. And I think that's probably a good thing to do in masterminds if, if you guys can be like, you know, like would anyone mind looking over my social media and just like commenting on you know, which bits are standing out to people and which bits aren't. And that's the other thing to do when you're looking at other people's content is, is be quite critical of, why did I stop on that post? Like I've noticed, um, who did you have a call with this morning, Megan? Kimberly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I stop on her posts 
all the time and they're just they're really good <laughs> and I'm like why am I stopping on that but it's it's just text it's colored text isn't it mm-hmm. and I, I don't really know why and sometimes it will just say like one word and I'm like oh I always stop on that so it anyway that's just something I've noticed over the last couple of days um but is interesting to me but yeah if you find something and you're like oh, I always stop on their posts what is it about that image or what is it about is it just because like hers are just so simple and maybe it's because I really like simplicity but it could also be because that's just like snappy and engaging and you're you're right in that people have like two second attention spans on social media and yeah now and again and I do this all the time I'm like oh that post by like it might be one of Amelia's posts which is longer I'm like I'll save that and I'll read it later never do I read it later I'm like oh that looks really interesting but it's quite long I'll read it later and I don't so that's me I'm very bad at that um very honest of you Emma I know normally I think like short sharp to the point posts and then if you want to do something longer get on a podcast like that's where you can like elaborate on things or do a live or do something with a bit more context like there are different uses for different like parts of social media and you should probably consider that like if I want to explain something a bit further will I do this on a story or will I do this on a live or will I do like a people don't really do videos on Instagram anymore do they it's more like reels or Instagram lives yeah but anyway my point is probably like really long text with all the nuances in it isn't going to be that useful for an Instagram post Steph Smith is really good at Instagram posts. I stop on her all the time. She is like top class for her posts. Yeah. Yeah, but it's partly because she's just really funny and engaging as well. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You're reading what she's saying in her little voice and you're like, I can just see her saying this to me right now. And then you're automatically swiping and reading what she says. Yeah, she has a great Like exactly what you want, right? You want, when someone's reading your like quote, quote copy, you're writing you want them to be like, I actually heard that in your voice. And I think part of that, like it works for Steph for you because you know her, probably doesn't work that well because she doesn't do that many podcasts. Like I, I know that she is about to do more and, and, but, and that would develop for her. But sometimes it's like having the mix of all of these things. It's like, yeah, because I know how you talk because I listen to the podcast. Then when you write, I hear your voice in my head. That's perfect. But if, if no one's ever, or like if you're not doing lives and things like, they didn't really know what you sound like anyway, so I don't think it, it hits the same way. That's so true. Um, what's next? Um, I think it might be a good time to talk about productivity and overwhelm. <laughs> and I will start by saying, so I would, I guess, linking it to social media is if you're not crazy busy with clients, you don't have to spend all day marketing because you're going to spend nobody, even if you are a marketing executive, you can't spend 10 hours successfully marketing, like still set your times during the day when you're going to do some marketing, I would say, go on, show up, do it properly, do it well, go away, do something else, learn something, set up some systems, you know, whatever, whatever else you're doing. A lot of people have still got kind of, proper jobs um that they need to focus on and then come back to it and show up at a 10 out of 10 again don't be on social media at a five out of 10 all day because you think you need to kind of constantly be on there like go on be excited about it leave it alone and come back to it later on um but I think there were kind of a lot of people I guess again it's the coaches that have kind of been in it for a while or the people that are still working and doing this as a bit of a side hustle that it's like it's personal training and it's personal one-to-one coaching like it takes up time and it's I guess it can be draining and it can be you know you've got to you've got to show up and you need to kind of protect yourself but you've still got to be growing a business and I guess it's kind of that balance of calling yourself out on am I actually genuinely exhausted heading for burnout or am I just not using you know have I spent six hours on Canva um so my top tip before I let you both uh in and I think we've talked about this before but I don't think many people have done it um is download toggle and for 
I would say for two weeks, track your time. It's really easy. It's free. Um, track your time so that after two weeks you've got, and we always talk about kind of gaining business data and you can go back. And if you're really honest in your tracking, like I have to be really honest in my tracking, <laughs> otherwise Emma doesn't pay me. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, and sometimes you can sit there and be like, oh, I've worked all evening. Or have you kind of half watched TV, half sat on Canva, half not prepared for something you were supposed to do? Like keep a really honest diary of, of tracking your time for two weeks. And then you can, if you are genuinely overwhelmed and got loads on your plate, then you can look at where you need to outsource. You can look at what, you know, do you actually need to think about taking on a new coach? All these things. But you're never going to know from feeling tired or feeling overwhelmed. You kind of need the the data to kind of I would say to kind of prove to yourself actually no I didn't do anything on Thursday or actually you know there's nothing else I can possibly fit in my time I want to grow my business I need to protect my own personal time I'm going to outsource or I'm going to get a coach right let's do that we'll all do toggle yes I've never done that <laughs> I'm quite intrigued actually yeah we can all yeah everyone do toggle I think it'll be interesting. I think that like the way I kind of structure my day is I know when I'm getting less productive and I have breaks and things in the day, but there will be like work blocks where I know I'm less productive, but I will do like shitty admin stuff or like, you know, stuff that doesn't require a lot of brain energy that kind of just needs to get done. So part of it will be like working out which parts of the day you're most productive when your brain's working best and like making sure that you're putting your the work that like is most important in those time slots but the other thing that I think people really forget about productivity is it's it's not just how much work you do it's in the time that you do it in so like the the term productivity like comes from um industrial work I guess so it's like per unit time how much output is there and I think we kind of forget that we're like, oh yeah, I've been really productive, but like, what? How are you measuring productivity? Like, it should it shouldn't just be I've done all this during the day, but I worked for twelve hours. It should be I got this amount done in an hour, for example. And then when you see that start to tail off, when you're like, okay, per unit time now, I'm getting less and less done. That's when you need to take a break. And and I think it's a really hard mindset to get into. Like it definitely was for me that taking a break is productive. So like, let's say I had six hours to get something done. I know that if I did two hours, took an hour off, I did two hours and then took another hour or something, whatever, I would get more done than if I just tried to do it for six hours straight. And everyone notices it in themselves, but like barely ever actions it. Like, yeah, but I need to get this done. So I'll just do more and more and more. And actually the, the time off makes you more productive and it seems counterintuitive, but it's so, so important that you kind of like get your head around that but I, I think downloading to is it toggle yeah toggle yeah I'll share it in the group yeah share it in the group and we'll do it as like a week task this this week because I think it'll be really interesting to see how people are structuring their days and I burnout's hard because obviously it's legit for some people but I do think it's like a bit of a cop-out sometimes and sometimes I'll I think at the moment I was gonna say I think at the moment it feels like bit of a buzzword like I'm not saying it's not real but I think it's sort of a it's almost it's almost getting in the field of like mindfulness where it's an actual thing but it's just become like a a word that people it use it's an actual thing and I almost think the same a little bit about imposter syndrome like people use it as a bit of an excuse like oh I'm burnt out or it's imposter syndrome it's like right but well what are you going to do about that like if you're legitimately burnt out like how are you going to implement things and change things so that you're not anymore and if you legitimately have imposter syndrome, like what are you doing about that? Like, are you letting that stop you do things? Because if if you're not doing something because you don't feel ready, it's probably not a legit excuse not to do it. Like just start anyway, like break it down a little bit maybe, but start and we're here to support you. And I'm not saying that like imposter syndrome isn't a thing, but what I am saying is that if you do feel like that, reach out, we're here to support you, but we're still going to make you do the thing. Like we're just going to make sure that you feel supported while you do the thing. Um. But yeah, I, I, I think productivity is a really hard thing. And I think that sometimes, so some, um, I can't remember when I first heard this, but I don't know if you've um, ever done it, but like a push, like a push in a business or like a push. You could think of this from a training perspective, like an overreaching phase before you deload. 
but you might have like, I don't know, like say I had, I did this before EIQ. I was like, I am actually just going to do like a whole week of, of lectures and I'm going to get everything done and I'm going to work a shitload that week. And I know it's going to be hard, but then I'll come back down after that. Now, sometimes you do that and you realize I can do way more than I ever thought that I could. And then your new level of expectation of yourself has just rise. And even if you do come down a little bit, you're like, I don't know if I actually need to. I kind of feel like that's going to have happened in Mexico for me because we we actually do a shit ton of work here. And like really all we're doing is working, like having a lot of fun as well, but there's no distractions here. So we can do like a lot of like work blocks between other things that we're doing. And I worry that when I go home, like I won't have that same routine in place, but I think it's quite eye-opening to see like, oh my God, I can't get all this stuff done. Like the start of the change in AFM, like I did a lot of work while still doing EIQ, doing my one-to-one coaching, doing commit six, still doing the EC method at the same time. And I was like, oh, I like, I'm not saying it wasn't slightly stressful, but like doing a bit more sometimes makes you realize, oh God, like I can do all of this. And, and sometimes that is a little bit eye-opening. And I think definitely it makes you prioritize your work a little bit more as well. Like, do I need to faff around on Canva? No, I'm still going to post on social media every day, but it's going to be a screenshot of a tweet or something. Or like, I'm going to make sure the content's good, but I'm not going to care about the exact imagery behind it. So, yeah. Thoughts, Lynn? I agree. Uh, on the whole, the overreaching thing, I find that when you come off the back of that, there's it can go like one of two ways. And personally, I've experienced both. So one, it's like, I actually don't want to go back to my previous levels of productivity because like where like going back, you're never going to go back to where what you were previously. You might drop down a little bit, but you're still going to be a bit higher. Um, I was going to link it to a running thing, but I won't. Um, it's the same as training, right? Like you're still yeah. like, oh, I'm pushing myself. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to deload now. But you're not going back to like your initial starting point. You're going back to yeah. like your new lower starting point, which even at, I don't know, 70% of one rep max is now higher. Exactly. It's higher than where you were previously. So you haven't actually dropped back that much you're still better than what you were before which is always what we're, we're striving for but the other side of that is when things aren't as busy anymore and you don't have as much on you can fall into the oh, i only have like three things to do today i can do it later spend your day doing nothing and then be like okay i'll do it now and you're just absolutely not into it at all so you know it's hard to say but you kind of want to get back to a place where you're still feeling that productivity and if you notice that okay in the next two weeks, things are going to really drop down. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that deload. Have things planned for after it or like pro, like be productive and be ahead of yourself in having things organized and things planned to do because you know if you're that kind of mindset that you're going to fall into the, oh, I can just do it later. It's not a big deal. It's fine because that can spiral too. Like the productivity can spiral where you get like so much done, but so can the lack of productivity and which is what yeah. we obviously both want to see. Um, uh, I think that's really interesting like you can like I'm when I'm busy I'm always buzzing and then when I'm not like I'm, I'm more tired when I'm not as busy but when there's like stuff to do it's like almost like the adrenaline of it but and also just sitting down like if I went and was like right I've got two hours to do something but I hadn't written down what I was going to do or I didn't have a list of things that I need to do because as a business owner there is always something to do but equally there's all like you don't actually have to do anything you know being self-employed it's like I mean that meme that I shared this morning about like working 24 hours a day and blah 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 blah. like someone responded to it and was like yeah most of my mates think I can just work whenever I want and I'm like well you can but the point is that if you did you know you wouldn't have a business and and it's much like like I have a huge to-do list but like if I didn't do any of it today it's fine but equally if I did like I mean that's obviously going to be better so I think I think you're right like if you just then leave it for the week after and you're like oh there's only three things that I need to do it's like well, well actually there's always more than that you just need to identify it first yeah and um, second thing on productivity that one or two people had said who were like brand brand new and just like new to coaching and they were like I feel like I should be at my laptop all day and that I should be doing stuff all day and they feel guilty for like going for a walk in the afternoon with their partner or you know going to the gym in the middle of the day, whatever it might be. And 
I kind of said, if you can do your work in four hours in the morning and you dedicate a certain block of time to get your work done and you know you're productive, you're at your best and what you're putting out is going to be like top standard, why would you spend all day doing it when you can do it in those four hours and then you can spend another hour or two working on your relationships with people, being more mindful and present in the world. You will get ideas from being out there instead of just looking at your screen all day. And like looking at your screen all day, you're clearly just either sitting on Canva or scrolling social media which isn't really going to help you. So as well as, yeah, being productive and being proactive in what you're doing, if you genuinely don't have that much to do, there is there is no rule that says you must sit at your laptop all day long to do your job because you don't have to. I think a lot of that, and I might be wrong, but speaking personally, I think a lot of that is an overhang if you move to freelancing from a corporate world because you are paid to be at your desk for 40 plus hours a week and it looks good and I used to be at my desk from seven o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night I wasn't working all that time I'm sorry if you're listening um nobody like nobody's that you're paid to be there to be available for those hours and it's the it's so I had it last year it's a massive mindset shift of this is my own time and actually I can choose when I when I want to work and when I don't work but it's um, I think the, I guess it's linking productivity with time at your desk and in the corporate world, it's just time served at your desk. Oh, it's five o'clock. You can go home now. And it's, and I guess on the flip side, and this probably links on quite nicely to the next part about kind of protecting your own time is because you are working for yourself sometimes. And I'm sure we've all done it. You kind of still at your laptop at seven minutes to 11 and you kind of realize I probably need to put some boundaries in because I think, and it probably links to the overwhelm and things of actually going, I could sit and work here until 4am. I was not going to be very good work. So I'm going to put, I'm going to time cap it. I'm going to go and sleep and go out for a walk in the afternoon. I'm still going to go to the gym. Um, and I guess it's kind of knowing your limits, knowing putting those things in place will actually make you better. Um, and it's kind of sometimes setting an alarm and, and going and there was like we've had quite a lot of stuff going on this week and it's really difficult in the morning to not want to just work and I'm like no I'm gonna go to CrossFit I'm not very good at it but it's gonna make me feel better and when I come back then we'll do what we need to do nothing's gonna fall down in in an hour and it's kind of having those I guess if if you're coaching people and, and it's kind of almost coaching yourself a bit isn't it to be like actually this is a good setup of my day of a rough structure I'm going to stick to it um, knowing you can always do more and you can always be up earlier or later, but kind of, I th- yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this yesterday, actually, because Amelia was like, like we like just getting up and going for a walk in the morning and, and we both kind of like, we do sort of look at things in the morning and then we'll go for a walk like half an hour after we get up. But she's like, it's really hard not to be reactive because we're almost behind time here. And then you'll probably feel the same being in a different time zone of like, God, like all my clients have messaged me or all my, you know, I have all this stuff that I need to do. And like, it doesn't matter to me that it's done now or later. Like, I don't even know what the time zone is that you're in, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, if you go to CrossFit, I don't know, whatever. Like, I know roughly when you'll message me, but like, there isn't, it's completely self-imposed. Like, oh my God, but I should do this now. Yeah. And it, it's really hard to just like, take a step back. And, and especially knowing for us, like we're behind the UK, we're like, oh God, we should re- reply to stuff straight away doesn't matter if it's an hour later and I think on another a couple of things I want to say here so one thing I was thinking about productivity that is a really good example so I was looking at another VA a while ago don't worry Kimberly a long time ago I know and she was like half price of Kimberly but she would have taken the jet more than twice as long to do all the things so it's not like if you're thinking about I don't know, time per money and things like that. Like, it's just a good example of, okay, this person was technically cheaper per hour. I would have had to explain every single thing. And then probably there would have been a shit ton of mistakes, which I would have had to go back and do. And it's like, I guess it's the whole example of like, yeah, you know, you could pay a personal trainer who's 10 pounds an hour, or you could pay one who's like 60 pounds an hour. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the same quality. And you know that or like that meme like can you do it cheaper and it's like yeah sure <laughs> it's like a stick figure compared to like an artist drawing or something 
Um, and then finally, I think what you were saying about um, being busy, Lynn, I think that people still have this like busy Olympics kind of thing of like, oh, I should be busy, you know, and especially as a personal trainer, when you meet someone and they're like, oh, are you busy? You're like, yeah, 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 I'm really, really busy. Like, as if like, cause busy means good, right? Like, oh, you're you busy at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm busy, I'm doing really well. And it's like, you, you have to say that. And I still get this sometimes. Like, I remember not that long ago, I was in, like, cause I, when I'm at home, like I'll train like mid morning and then I'll like go to Lidl on the way home, get shopping or whatever. And then the man's always like, oh, so do you not, like, do you not really work during, like, do you not really work? Cause you're like see me in there. And I'm like, I do, and like, I do work. Like, why do I need to prove to the man in Lidl that I have a job? Like, it's so weird, but you still have this sort of like, oh, I'm going back to work now. I'm just on my break from work. Like, why do I care? But it is funny that we're kind of like that. We're like, and I think you're right. If you've if you've come from like a nine to five, you're like, why am I out during the middle of the day? Like, I shouldn't be going for a walk during the middle of the day. I should be doing that later on, like after my nine to five hours kind of thing. Um, so it's just interesting, but it, it's more like it's your own psychology. And as soon as you, again, like if you're journaling or something and you write this down, like I was anxious today. Okay, why was I anxious? Well, I took time off on the day and it felt weird. Okay, well, why did it feel weird? Well, because I'm not used to doing that. But like, did you get all your work done? Yeah, I got all my work done and more. And I enjoyed this walk and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, I just need to work through these things and question them and question my feelings as opposed to thinking that I'm doing something inherently wrong because I feel a little bit anxious about taking time off during the day. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I um, I think we're I think we're nearly there. There's a, there's a few little things, and one that came up a little bit was um, people not having masses of confidence in what they're doing, and I guess that comes probably from a lot of the stuff we've talked about in knowing your who, your why, what you're going to offer. And I also think some of it just takes a bit of time of, of doing it and knowing oh, actually I'm really good at this. I'm going to carry on doing it. But it's kind of the, I guess it's having the confidence to, you know, have be on a call and be like, this is what I do. These are my prices. Because you're still not that you're not, a, you don't have to be a salesperson. And we've talked a lot about it's a, you know, a getting to know you call. But ultimately you do still you need to like believe in, in what you're selling people. Um, and I kind of think if you go back and do kind of the business review work and, and the, the goals work, that will help with all of this and knowing your values and just knowing knowing the value that you can give. And I guess it links to a bit of imposter syndrome if we're still going down that route. But it's kind of, I guess, use AFM as a time to sort of get get your shit together and be really, really confident in it. Like know that you've got a place, know that your niche or your audience need you um and kind of just like what's the worst that can happen like just just go with it if you know your stuff if you're qualified if, if you know just there's just kind of put yourself out there I think yeah well I mean a good example of this this works both ways because I was Kimberly's coach and now like it, it kind of works the other way as well but um if I wasn't confident in my messaging, this kind of has nothing to do with price or anything. Like if I wasn't like, no, Kimberly, like I know this is the right thing to do. I know this will get you results. And like, I'm quite like, it is having conviction in your message and knowing that you know your shit is helpful to clients. If I was like, well, I think we should maybe do this, but I'm not 100% sure. And this might work, but it might not work. And like, I'm not, like, I'm not totally sure how to help you with your problems, but I'll try that's not convincing and also you won't follow through on the things I've told you to do much like when I come to you and I'm like can you figure this out and you're like yeah no problem I'll figure it out like I'm a problem solver like that's what I do and I'm like great I know that you will have done that by whenever like it's the confidence that is really reassuring and will also make you follow up as like a client on what you're actually doing and that that's what try and put yourself in the shoes of even look at this from like an AFM standpoint, if you'd come to me and you're like, oh, can you help me grow my business? And I was like, oh, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't know, it might work, might not work. I can try, but I'm not really sure. But I'm like, no, yeah, I've got these foundations in place. I have the support systems. This is exactly what I wanted when I started. This is the support I wish I had. And I know that you can do well if you follow these principles and if you ask for help when you need it. 
that's like that's reassuring that someone who you're going to buy into because I've got confidence in myself and I've got confidence in like you guys as a team and I've got confidence in the product that we have and the service that we deliver you need that or no one will buy into you it's not it's not necessarily about the price it's about like knowing that you can help that person and conveying that in a way that they they feel that confidence as well so it's like confidence and conviction in your messaging if you don't believe in yourself they won't believe in you it's essentially what it comes down to so even if like if you do feel like a little bit of like if you lack confidence or imposter syndrome you can turn that on like you can fake that till you make it to an extent of I need to come across in a confident way like I know what I'm doing because no one will buy into me if I don't and this is true for for anything like yeah if you can't believe if you don't believe in yourself someone else isn't going to believe in you mm-hmm. so that really needs to come across yeah and also you can use your accountability call to be open and say like I'm I struggle with the confidence of saying this or doing this and like we will give you a pep talk because a lot of mine have been like pep talks like okay I'm looking at your social media I'm seeing what you're putting out everything you've just told me like one I had two days ago and the guy I, I won't say his name just in case he doesn't want to was like I know what I I know that I can deliver the right message I teach this stuff at a local place and there's people going out there and becoming bigger and better than I could even dream of being off of what I'm teaching them but I don't want to increase my prices and I'm like but you know you're good like you, you literally just told me you're good you are amazing like this guy could be on movies like he's so good talking to the camera really articulate and I'm like you know your stuff and you are so confident on the camera why don't you believe in yourself and we came to an agreement that on like how he was going to increase his prices and the approach he was going to take and he literally posted in the group before this that he did it with the first client and their response was like okay cool and I was like see it works like you just have to believe in yourself but we can help with that confidence but as you said like this guy could come on camera and I got from it that he was like super confident absolutely incredible and then when we broke it down he's like no I'm really struggling with the confidence side of it and I'm like well you can fake it like you can fake it really good so do that on these calls and you'll be fine yeah and I think like having people, it's it's very similar to having like a fat loss client who lacks confidence or doesn't quite believe that they can. Having like us as a team who like, we believe that you can, we're here to back you and we're here to give you a bit of that confidence and that reassurance. That's really valuable as well. Like knowing that you've got that level of support. But yeah, I mean, it amazes me. I won't say his name either, but we've got like some, some people who have been, and I'm not even saying this to big them up, but like industry experts, teaching other personal trainers for years like at like pretty top level and yet is still charging like a ridiculously low price for coaching which he soon won't be but it's like yeah he might he needs to know his value and we can help like tell you how valuable you are (laughs) because it's easier to see from the outside right it's easier to see someone's potential from the outside and I even remember this with you Kimberly when you're like oh I'm thinking about leaving this job but like I didn't know if I could do it on my own and blah, blah, blah. like you absolutely can like you can and from the outside it's like so obvious but from the inside you obviously have like all your own like negative self-talk and your fears mm-hmm. and yeah so having someone that's going to push you a little bit but it's like I can see I can see this in you and I can see your potential mm-hmm. is really really valuable yeah absolutely and I think um Thank you for making me leave. Um, I know I think a lot of the calls have been kind of when people, when we start and I'm like, what's your why? What's your who? Tell, tell me about your business. And like the businesses, like they're amazing. And like the, the why and the reason and, and what they're going to offer. And, and I'm like, this is incredible. And people are like, Re- are they really? I'm like, yeah, yeah do this. This is amazing. Um, and I guess sometimes it is just having somebody to be like, wow, that's, the industry needs that this doesn't that's really really cool you're absolutely the person to do it go and do it and it's um it's it's quite nice and I'm sure you've had the same Lynn actually like the learning about the people's different businesses and actually seeing kind of they kind of start the call and they're like I think I want to do this and you're like yeah that sounds amazing like absolutely do that um and then I'm kind of really excited for like the January calls to see and there's a lot of people I won't name them, but have been like, I'm going to do this. Hope you've got absolutely going to hold me accountable. Like I'm, I'm promising you this right now. Here's my list. Like chase me in January. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm quite excited to see 
kind of what's what's going to happen in the next round I think it's I am like blown away by the feedback from them as well like I, I knew that they were needed and I knew that they'd be good but the amount of people that are like I'm so motivated for my own business now is just like everything that people are wanting from them and I think that's obviously like down to you guys and how you're running them which is just incredible but if you're listening to this and you're on AFM and you haven't booked your call-in yet like make sure that you book your call-in they are once monthly um and if you're listening to this and you're like that sounds incredible I should join AFM go to afmentors.com or shoot me a message on Instagram if you want to chat before you sign up but we will leave that at that this week and we'll be back with another episode but hopefully that's been useful to people I found it very insightful and useful myself um yeah and thank you guys for your time you are welcome thank you